Hi, everybody. If anyone doesn't hear me, would you please wave to me so I can either adjust the microphone or adjust my projection? Does everybody hear me? You hear me, Joan, back there? Okay. This table here, you good? Good. Okay. Well, we're going to make our confession of faith like we did last night. If you have a Bible, I'd ask that you hold it up. If you don't, that's fine, but we say, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. And I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is open. My heart is alert. To receive the indestructible, incorruptible, everlasting word of God. It will touch my heart. And it will change me. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, never, never, never. All right. Now we're ready. These teachings are really interesting, aren't they? You know, they introduce us to things perhaps we hadn't met before. And um, and I'd like the opportunity to talk in our small groups and just kind of share ideas and experiences. Okay, so we're on page 16, and we're going to talk about the different kinds of healing prayer. We have focused mainly um, so far last night and this morning on uh, physical healing. And we're going to talk now about physical healing, but also the different kinds of prayer. The different kinds of prayer reflect the different kinds of need of healing and brokenness that may be in us or in people that we meet, people that we love, people that may come to us for prayer. So physical healing, of course, is one. Prayer for inner healing is another. Now, what inner healing means, it's those things that take take place internally, those things that take place in our hearts, in our minds, those things that take place in relationships that may have hurt us, that we may be angry about, that we may um, have resentments toward, or abuses that may have happened to us um, as children or as we were growing up. Inner healing covers all of those things. So that it, that is... That's quite an extensive teaching unto itself. But we're going to have to move into that and talk about that. Um, not right now because this I'm going to talk about all the different kinds, but because a lot, of, a lot of us have had experiences that cause those internal hurts that are still, um, are still controlling us in different ways today, may control our ability to step out and trust may control our ability to really give our hearts over to someone in love. Um, Things of that sort. Perhaps there's a need to forgive. And because we're carrying unforgiveness in our our hearts, that that is keeping us from um, moving ahead, not only spiritually, but also physically or in different areas of our life. You know, even today in the medical profession, I mean, whole idea of holistic healing is what our doctors talk about and that we need to be healed not only in our bodies but oftentimes you know in our minds in our emotions 
and then we know also sometimes spiritually. So that that's like the umbrella term of inner healing. Under inner healing comes healing of past hurts, also um, uh, healing of memories. Sometimes we have painful memories that haunt us and keep coming back to us at different times, different different seasons, perhaps different holidays, perhaps when we're with different members of extended family. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about inner healing and the prayer to forgive. Because of that need, oftentimes there's a need to forgive that person or those people or that event that did hurt or wound us. And a lack of forgiveness can really um, keep us from growing in every way from growing uh, into the maturity that the Lord would want for us, can keep us from, from growing spiritually, and can cause, can cause physical problems, such as ulcers, such as uh, bad headaches. We're not saying that it's always a need to forgive the people that have these things, but sometimes it is. Um, a prayer to be set free from the presence of evil. Now, what... The way we approach this, what we're talking about with this, is we're not talking about deliverance. Remember the movies? We're not talking about that. We're not talking about people that have um, evil within them. That is very rare, very rare. And that is not what we are called to minister to. The church has certain people assigned for that. For the ministry of deliverance, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about people that are oppressed. The difference is, with deliverance, what they mean by that is that there's an evil presence within the person. Oppression means that we know there's evil in the world. We know that, don't we? Right, okay. And sometimes that evil that's in the world, oppresses us, comes at us, comes against us. So it's not something that's in us. It's something that's on the outside that's coming, you know, that's, that's, that's coming against us. Kind of like if the other day there was a bad windstorm, and if you were out in it, I mean, that wind was so strong, it was coming against us and pushing us in a different direction, you know, and trees were blowing over, and, you know, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's oppression. Okay, letter B is talking about the laying on of hands and that it is a, a traditional Christian practice. It certainly is a practice in the Catholic Church and also in many other Christian churches. Uh, it's based on the um, Gospel of Mark sixteen eighteen that says they will lay hands on sick and they shall recover. So why do we do this? Well, concern and love are often communicated through touch. You know, we know that, um, that, that babies that, that are born and um, perhaps they don't, their, their moms aren't there or there's no, nobody in their family there. You know, there are people that come into the hospitals to cuddle the babies, hold the babies, because we have learned that, that touch is so essential to us as human beings. And we don't grow that need for touch, do we? I mean, the, the, a gentle touch of some, from someone we love, or if we're being prayed with. So many of you gave witness um, this morning to, and, and last night, how you felt a warmth when the person that was praying with you and for you touched you. You know, that, 
we we all we all need that, and particularly, like I'm talking about with with the with the young children, so much so that I think that would be a wonderful job, wouldn't it, to just go in and cuddle babies and rock babies all morning. Um, anyway, uh, so the, the the touch is important, and that's why we do that. That's why we we lay hands or we touch them. Um, Father Dale has said, you know, you touch the shoulder. Sometimes we lay hands on the top of our head because that's the central part of our body. Through that, the the, um, the love and presence that would be in you when you're praying is transferred to that person. And that's why they feel a warmth. Or that's why they feel a difference. Because it isn't, we're, we're transmitting our love, but through that, they're receiving the love and power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a sign of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in us. You know, that's why oftentimes we hold hands, or if you're praying, it's a group praying with somebody, because all of that power of the Holy Spirit in us flows through us and flows into the person that we're interceding for. Prayer for physical healing. Um, Jesus instructed his followers, followers to pray for the sick. He instructs us to do all the things that Jesus did. So there is no one method. There is no one method that produces results. Believe me, I've looked for it, and since the seventies, haven't found it. There, I mean, God wants us to just depend on Him and what He's doing in that time. So we can't say, "You do this. This is the key." You know, this is how we get this person healed. It, there's no formula. There's no formula. And um, as Father Dale said, some things are a mystery. And that can be hard to understand. We understand mysteries. Um, however, that's what we accept in faith. Believing in those things we have not yet seen. Um, so, we're called to do it. So each of us have that call. There's no one method. Because the Lord wants us to depend on him and to be open to hearing in that still small voice and feeling and seeing what he's doing in this moment, in this time, with this person, in this place. Might be different from last night. Might be different from the last healing service you went to. You know, um, it's being open. Being open to what Jesus is doing. And that's why the Holy Spirit is so important, why it's so important to be open to the power of the Holy Spirit, because that's how we're able to hear, and that's how we're able to learn and follow what he is calling us to do. Um, Some simple steps to begin praying. First, we listen to the person to find out what what they want prayer for, what's wrong, where's the pain, things like that. It's important to be a good listener. It's important to be an active listener, to try to really put whatever else is on your mind aside and listen to the person and then ask those questions like, well, where does it hurt you? Where is the pain? How long have you had it? You know, what are you doing for it? That gives you an idea of, is this a chronic situation that the person has been dealing with? for quite a long time? Are they med- are they being treated for it medically? Um, all these things help you to know, you know, just what you're dealing with. And it's also how then through that the Lord will, will show you how to pray for this person. 
Listen to God. He may give you some insight as to what the root problem is. This is called a word of knowledge. This is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It, it comes under the prophetic gifts, you know, the gift of prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. This is information given from the Spirit to our mind by which we did not get from natural means. Well, one thing that just came into my mind was, and this was years back, um, at a community called the Community of the Abiding Presence. There was, I was on the healing ministry team then, this was back in the 70s, and um, there was um, a young nun who was part of that group. And she came every week, you know, to the prayer teams for prayer. And she was having, you know, a, a, lot, of, a lot of pain in her stomach, bad headaches and so forth. And we prayed and prayed for her to no avail. Um, she never felt better. The pain never, if you say, you know, on a scale one to ten, like you know, like they do in the hospitals and doctors now. Um, and now we're starting on a scale one to ten. What's your pain like? One being the least, ten being the highest. She was always a ten. And um, I kept thinking that, you know, why is this? Why is this? So I, I prayed and asked the Lord. Um, you know, to show me why, to show us why, because there's always, you know, the Lord sent them out two by two. So it was two of us praying for her. And I, um, the one time, the next time she came in to pray, when we were praying, I got this image of an elbow in my head. And I thought, this lady hasn't said anything about sore elbow, you know. What, why am I seeing an elbow? And I kept thinking about it. And then I realized the elbow, it's like a hinge, right? Like the hinge for the rest for the rest of your arm. So I said to her, her name's Joan. I said, Joan, is there anything you're aware of that may hinge you on this healing? Because I was I felt like the Lord was showing me the elbow because there was something hinging. But I can't tell her. She's gotta own it. So what you asked, you know, is there anything you're aware of? And she said, um, well, and she mentioned her relationship with her father from years back. She had been suffering from this condition for a number of years, I might add. She mentioned a situation she had had with her father, an abusive situation she had experienced with her dad. And she said, and, uh, and I'm just so angry. I'm still angry about that. And it should have never happened to me. And it wasn't fair. And why did I allow it? And all this. And all these were valid questions and questions we would all ask. I know I would. And... Um, and I said to her, you know, I listened, and I said, I understand what you're saying, and, you know, it's very natural to have those feelings, but have you ever thought about, you know, forgiving him? And she said, you got to be kidding. You know, why would I forgive him of this? And I said, well, forgiveness isn't a feeling, which it isn't. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. She may not feel any different. She may still you know, blame him for all these things. But if she, but making a decision to forgive oftentimes sets us free. Sets us free of what that is doing internally and how that can poison us. And how that person then we're still giving, she was still giving her father, who had since died, power over her today, you know, by, by hanging on to that unforgiveness, which led to resentment, which leads to hatred. So we met a couple times and talked about that. 
And I said, you let me know when you're ready to make that decision. And after about two weeks, she, she said that she was, you know, and I led her through a prayer to forgive him um, and with her knowing that this doesn't mean what he did was right. It doesn't mean that he's off the hook. It doesn't mean that she's going to feel all these lovey-dovey feelings for him, but that it's a decision that she's making. And she's making it because the Lord calls us to forgive. Forgive one another as I have forgiven you. And we all know through the Our Father. And it will set you free, Joan. It'll, it'll, it'll set you free. And we'll see what it does physically. Well, two weeks after she prayed that prayer, and she came in for healing again, um, for, for prayers for healing, she came in to say, I have not had any pain in my stomach. I have not had those terrible headaches since I made the decision to forgive my dad. And so I'm sharing this to say that, you know, sometimes people come with something physical that is so stubborn and they, we, nothing's happening with that. Sometimes it is something that they're holding on to inside that's causing that because unforgiveness and resentments can cause ulcers, you know, can cause bad headaches, can cause a lot of unhappiness, depression, things like that. It isn't always the case, as we say, none of this is, you know, like this is how it always is. But it is something, it's why we need to learn the different kinds of healing so we can help people in areas like that. And um, she stayed free of that for, I mean, I know I was in touch with her like for 10 more years and she was free of it the whole time. So thank the Lord for that. Amen. Okay. Um, so we listen. That's what a word of knowledge is like, though. Like that word I got about the hinge, which wasn't real clear, but, you know, I think then when, when I questioned the Lord, I was able to hear, you know, elbow, and then that all made sense to me. And, you know, if it hadn't made sense to me, I would have said to my prayer partner, you know, this is what I'm seeing. What do you think that means? You know, so we can always talk about it to one another. We don't have to have all the answers. Um, as we listen to the person and the Lord, we may become aware that there may be a need to repent of some deep and some deeper healing is needed. So it might be something like that. Maybe the person is um, has a habit that is sinful, and um, all while they're trying to grow with the Lord and get whatever healing they need, there's still that one foot in that other camp. You know, you know how we do sometimes. We have one foot in each camp. Um, and you know what happens if you have, a, let, let's say, it's a boat. If you have one one leg in one boat, one leg in the other boat, and all of a sudden those boats are going to move ahead, and where, where are we going to go? And that, that's the image I get of that. So oftentimes there's that kind of a thing, a need where they, you know, they need to repent. And we, repentance means that we turn away from what we're doing and move in a different direction. So if we're going to keep doing it, then we're really not repenting. So we have to really try to, it doesn't mean that we'll never fall. It doesn't mean that we won't fall back into it. And then we ask the Lord to forgive us and we try again. There's a wonderful scripture, 1 John 1, 9, that says, If you confess your sins to the Lord, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So what the Lord is saying through his word is, you know, come to me, ask forgiveness, and I will forgive you and I'll cleanse you. 
of all unrighteousness. And then as Catholics, of course, we have the sacrament of reconciliation, that you can certainly take that to confession. Um, so, you know, there's more than one way to touch base with the Lord. You know, you might it might be on a day that you can't get to confession or it's not available to you or whatever. Remember 1 John 1, 9, because that's his promise, and his promises are true. Okay, the actual prayer we pray, um, it, it's not like we don't pray our traditional prayers that we know, you know, like the Our Father, the Hail Mary, prayers like that. They are wonderful prayers. But what we're talking about here with healing, it's been found that it's very helpful, you know, to pray about the situation. For instance, ordinarily it involves asking for the presence of the Lord to, to be present. So we ask him, you know, Lord, thank you for being here. Thank you that you tell us we're two or more gathered. You're with us. And so then, in faith, we believe that he's here. Come, Holy Spirit, manifest manifest your love to, um, to Tyler. Manifest your love to Tyler. It will also involve the actual petition, asking the Lord to heal what the condition is. It can also involve speaking to the condition, such as, I tell this tumor to go in the name of Jesus Christ, or I break the pain in this person, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not doing it in our own power, in our own strength. But we do have, as Christians, we do have authority when we pray in the name of Jesus. It's called the authority of the believer. So you have that authority. Jesus gives it to you when you pray in his name. And so we always want to pray. We want to invoke his presence <clears throat> Pardon me, and then pray in His name because it's in, it's in praying in His name that we have then the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, we pray with confidence in the Lord's love, wisdom, and power on behalf of this person because you know sometimes we're not. Sometimes we don't pray for ourselves. Sometimes we're the last person that we pray for. Oftentimes it's much easier to pray for other people than it is to pray for ourselves. Um, and so we need other people to pray for us. We need to know that other people are praying for us because maybe the, whatever the situation is, we don't even think about praying for ourselves. We might be angry about a situation. We may be angry with the Lord. You know, if you have a relationship with a person, whether it be a spiritual or a natural relationship, sometimes you get angry with them. If you know them and love them enough, you're able to get angry, aren't you? You know, it's the people that are just acquaintances and that we don't know real well that we probably never get angry with because it really doesn't matter that much what they think or what they do or what their word is saying. But it's those people that we love, those people that we value in our life, and, and particularly when we're talking about God, Father, Son, and Spirit, you know, and we love him, and we worship him, and we feel like we're growing to know him more, there are times we're going to be angry with him. And it's all right to be angry. Jesus says, be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. So if you ever find yourself in that position, you know, don't go on a guilt trip with that, but know that the Lord says, Lord, Jesus was angry himself. Remember when he went into the temple and he, he threw open all the, the tables at the money changers and, and put them out? He, he, I think that was a big temper thing, don't you? I mean, he was angry. And so 
But the thing is, is to then try to not hold on to it, you know, not let it dwell within you, because that's where then, you know, he says, you know, be angry, but do not sin. So we don't want to hold on to that anger. If you can't get rid of it yourself, you, you know, with prayer, talking to the Lord, you talk to somebody about it. It really helps. Been there, done that. So it, it, it really makes a difference. Okay. And then um, when we're praying with a person, we pray with thanksgiving that the Lord is at work in that person's life and in the condition. Okay, we can pray in the spirit, which is praying in the gift of tongues. That's the prayer language of the spirit. And I can understand that sometimes for some of us, I know it was for me in the beginning, a difficult prayer to embrace because it's different, because we didn't grow up with it, because we hadn't heard that much about it. But I have learned and experienced that it is... It's just one of my favorite ways to pray now because sometimes, and even when you're praying with people, you really don't know how to pray for them. You really don't know what's best for them. And the scriptures tell us that when we pray through the gift of tongues in the Holy Spirit, that that it's the perfect prayer of the Spirit prayed through us to God, our Heavenly Father. So it's the Holy Spirit praying through us in that perfect prayer that only he knows because only he really knows the whole of us of what's in our hearts and what's in our minds and what's going on in our bodies and souls and and that is the perfect prayer and we know that because the the bible tells us that so it it really is a wonderful way of praying um it's something if you haven't ever yielded to it to think about you might want to read acts of the apostles where it says they were all gathered in the upper room, the Holy Spirit came, and they all prayed in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So when we do it, it's the Holy Spirit giving us utterance. And we know even Mary, Virgin Mary, was in that upper room praying that way. So it definitely is um, something that's available to us if you are ready to, to, to yield to it because it's not magic. It doesn't just happen. I remember thinking, well, I'm going to be praying in English and it's going to just change into tongues. Well, that, that, that's ridiculous. That doesn't happen. The Lord doesn't take our free will away from us. And if we want to do it, we ask him and then we repeat what we've heard before. Then what happens is when we're faithful in small things, you know, when we might, might sound like baby talk, he'll bring it to increase. And he does. So that's, you know, that's something between all of us and the Lord and something that he get, he gives us. But it is it does really, it's a big help in praying with people. I'm not saying you have to do it, but I'm saying it is a help. And it's a gift that the Lord offers. Um, often we don't know what to pray for, so we pray in this manner. And you can find that in Romans 8, 26, 27. Um, I see the lunch has come. Does that mean we're... Father Dale, you want me to break it now for lunch? I know it's a hot lunch. Five minutes. Okay, five minutes. We're having baked ziti and salad and bread. And a dessert tray is also supposed to come. So, Okay, let's look. Um, we're on page 17 now. Hindrances to healing. Uh, a lack of faith. Matthew seventeen fourteen to 20. 
our faith is in God's power, wisdom, and love. So let's let's take a look at that. Matthew 17, 14 to 20. If you don't have your Bible, that's okay. I'll, I'm just going to read it. This is, for those of you who have never seen it, this is the New Testament for Catholics. It's a really neat Bible. Um, it's just the New Testament, but it has a lot of, like, the, the letters, you know, uh, Catholic letters in it um, before different chapters and so forth. And it, it's a nice Bible. It's, I think it's only like $10. And so if you're looking for something different, you might want to check this one out. Okay, Matthew 17, 14 to 20. Okay, verse 14. When they, came to the, when they came to the crowd, a man approached, knelt down before him and said, Lord, have pity on my son, for he is a lunatic and suffers severely. Often he falls into fire and often into water. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't cure him. Jesus said in reply, O oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I endure you? Bring him here to me. Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him. And from that hour, the boy was cured. Now, see, that's when we talked earlier. What the Lord did was deliver him. The demon came out of him. What we talk about and what we minister to is the oppression. You know, the, the enemy, the evil, being oppressed from the outside in, not inside. This is a different situation here. This was deliverance. The disciples approached Jesus in private and said, Why couldn't we drive him out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. Amen, I say to you, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So that's the scripture we want to hold on to. That if we have faith, the side, now a mustard seed, you know, is this, this tiny, tiny little seed. And if we have that little bit of faith, we'll be able to say to the mountain, to the mountain of pain, you know, to the mountain of diabetes, to the mountain of depression, you know, Get out of here. Move in the name of Jesus. And the scripture is telling us it will be done. So if, you know, we're all called to heal, but if you're interested, like, in getting into regular healing ministry, don't ever think, well, I really don't have that much faith. All of you have faith the size of a mustard seed, if not a lot more. You wouldn't be here on a beautiful Saturday morning if you didn't. You wouldn't have this interest and hunger that has brought you here. And I believe that that's the Lord that has placed that within you, that has given you that curiosity, that has given you that wonderment, that has given you that um, desire to register and to come here. Because you do have the faith, and because he, he needs people that will be his hand, his feet, his voice that would speak his love and his comfort and his healing to his people. 
So we'll, we'll keep that scripture in mind. Okay, so what I'm going to do now is...